Welcome to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle. You'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm delighted to welcome our guest today, Sean Casemore. Welcome. Hey, Dan. How are you? Doing great. Sean, why don't you tell uh, our listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh, sure. I've been um, consulting and speaking for, I guess, well, well over a decade now, um, traveling around North America and really working with entrepreneurs and business owners to help them uh, increase their sales and get more customers, but doing it in uh, ways that do not require them to make investments in uh, people um, and scaling what they already have in place. Fantastic. Now, why did you decide to write a book? Well, I've written two commercially published books and working on my third, but it all began, um, you know, a, a, an earlier mentor of mine, uh, Dr. Alan Weiss, uh, was, you know, very much a proponent of books. He's written dozens upon dozens himself. And I, I really learned that having a book, even when you're speaking, is kind of a key tool to differentiate yourself. So on the, the side of, you know, consulting, what it does, it allows for me to flush out all the experiences and examples and ideas of the client work that I do, which in turn provides obviously credibility for people that, you know, pick up the book. Or if somebody reached out to me, uh, wanted to have a discussion and maybe was considering working together, I could, again, send the book to them where they could read about the examples and, and case studies that I've done. On the speaking side, again, it it really sets you apart from other speakers and from the standpoint of, you know, the book is credibility. It's, these aren't, um, these are commercially published books. Um, so it, you know, it kind of sets you apart because your ideas have been published in print and online uh, and are available for, for the, the masses. So when you say commercially published book, are you making a strong distinction here between self-published books? Are you saying that a book published by a New York publisher or, or someone or a company like that has more credibility than a self-published book? Well, if that was the case, I wouldn't be self-publishing this third book that I'm working on. So, no, that's not the case. Um, <laughs> okay, I to be understood. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's, that's fair. Uh, I think when I started, I obviously I'd never written a book. I've done, I have a, a blog and, and I write a lot. Um, I publish a lot of articles, but you know, I never really put them all into one place. So when I really looked into it at the time, and again, my first book came out in 2015. So I started working on the proposal in 2013. So, you know, self-publishing was definitely uh, prominent at that point, but maybe not as prominent in the circles I was in as commercial publishing. I would say since that time, you know, in the last decade, uh, self-publishing has, has become much more mainstream, much more popular, a much faster route to go. Um, so so I, my first book was commercially published for that reason. The second book was because I had an agent now and I had commercially published the first time. But now I'm saying, you know, I've, I've got a few ideas here. I want to bring this to market quickly. And, uh, you know, I kind of understand the, the process now, having, having learned along the way, uh, which took seven plus years. But uh, now I'm, I'm going to self-publish this book. And, uh, yeah, I'll be able to give you a better, stronger answer on that uh, maybe a couple of years down the road as to which one I prefer and why. Thanks for clearing that up. A lot of my clients are wondering if they should self-publish or go to a New York publisher and if they 
wonder if they're not getting as much credibility if they self-publish. And I'm glad that you reinforce something that I tell them, which is that the world has changed a lot in the last 10 years, and self-publishing is very much the norm and totally respected today. Sean, on another matter, can you tell us what problems you had in writing your books? Wow, there's a lot of lessons there. Um, I, I guess I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, exactly. I, I guess it depends on how you look at it. So, so I'll just randomly, um, you know, what have I learned? I've learned that the the more uh, specific you can be on the idea that you're you're portraying in the book, the better. As much as it might seem difficult to take a single idea and write a whole book around it, it's really not that difficult. But when I started, it was kind of take a big concept because there's lots of content there to put together. But then when it's a big concept, it's a little more vague and it's harder to find a, a solid audience. It's, it's been my experience. So that would be one kind of lesson learned. Um, you know, the, the other thing that I, that comes to mind immediately is in the actual activity of writing, you know, it, it really is all about having a schedule. So, you know, you, you simply do the math to say how many words are going to be in this book? How many weeks do I have, or do I want to write it within? And then therefore how many weeks, how many words per week slash per day do I need to write to get there? And my schedule didn't allow me to write every day at the time. Um, and, and it still doesn't, I, I still do, even though we're in our current state here, I still do some traveling. I'm still working with clients. So I have to break it down by week and then pick times, sometimes on weekends, sometimes on, on office days to actually get that writing done. But the interesting thing is my writing has only sped up um, and improved from the standpoint of being able to write, uh, having gone through that experience. I mean, I can bang out a 600 word blog in 20 minutes from nothing, a blank piece of paper. Um, can't say they're always, you know, perfect, but uh, I can definitely put something together. So it's improved my skill. And I guess the third thing that I really, as far as a lesson goes, is that the, you know, it's, it's one thing to write the book. It's a whole other thing to sell the book. And, and uh, I learned early on that marketing and selling of your book is, I would say, as important as the book itself. Because, you know, you can write uh, a masterpiece, um, but if you don't market it and people aren't aware of it, it becomes book number, you know, 3 million and 32 on Amazon. You know, people might stumble across it, but it takes a good marketing plan behind the book to really make sure it does get sold and it gets in the hands of the people you want it to get in the hands of. Good point. Actually, a couple of good points there. Uh, I tell my clients that a good book today is about twenty to 25,000 words, and if they can write 500 words a day, uh, they can have a book done in three months, maybe four months, and just by writing 15 minutes a day. Uh, and if you do the math, it works out pretty much to what you just talked about as well. But if you stick to that kind of schedule, it's amazing how a big project can be turned into little, lots of little projects that are easy to tick off. But if you look at the giant 25,000 word, 20,000 word manuscript at first, like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do that? But 500, 600 words a day, no problem. So you can get the book done. That's great. The other point you made, uh, your final point about marketing the book. If you don't market the book, no one will know about it. Tell us how you helped to market the book. Sure. So, again, I think that's evolved um, over the years. So initially I wrote the book and I had a little bit of my own platform, meaning a little bit of a social media following and newsletters. And, and uh, you know, that was how I was going to promote the first book. Uh, the second book you know, I'd expanded on that. I started doing podcast interviews. I started running my own podcast. I, I kind of created a brand that I, I've been carrying through today around that book. Um, 
but but you know looking at my third book and taking everything I've learned over the last number of years um, when I'm doing this book uh, I'm pulling in interviews that I've done for previous books and, and how I've done those interviews are very, still very similar but I'm going to be using those as kind of a a trickle approach to marketing the book. So start releasing interviews and pieces of the book prior to the book ever going live um, and do a lot more aggressive marketing prior to the book being done. Before I, again, lesson learned was, you know, okay, whew, I've written the book. Now I've got to start to market it. Well, if that's the case, you're, you know, my experience now, I'm waiting too long. I need to start marketing the book well in advance, uh, talking, you know, and taking tips and ideas and snippets and, and interviews and all sorts of content and leaking them and sharing them uh, in ways to get people interested. And then when it comes time to actually take the book live, do some sort of big splash to make sure the world knows about it to the extent possible. Great ideas. Now, um, I'm curious, are, are, you, are you writing your book as a series of blogs and taking those blogs and putting them into the book or the opposite or something else? It's kind of a hybrid. Um, so I, I've never, and, and probably to my own fault, I, I, I've struggled with the idea over years of taking my blogs and, and making a book. Now, that said, that's me. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that, and I know lots of people have done that very successfully. And probably if I was smarter, I would do it that way. Um, but I, I've produced a lot of content, and I pride myself in pr being able to produce a lot of content. So I've always left my blog out of it. Um, I may share little snippets in a blog um, as I'm writing the book and even after the book launches, but really the, the content of the book is unique to itself, um, and, and so it's separate from the blog, it's separate from the podcast, although again, I take little portions of it and share it in that manner, but uh, yeah, I, so my, my approach is really get that word count, develop the table of contents uh, in, in, in my third book, for example, and with the table of content, then I'm connecting with people, interviewing people um, to help me fill in the, the, those areas of content. And then I'll write the bridging content that contain my own ideas. So the book then becomes not – this is, I think, an important point. It won't be all Sean's ideas. It will be here's the, here is the idea, and here is all the people that believe in, support, and, and pursue that idea, follow that idea, and, and here's all their ideas. Because again, you know, my way might not be perfect for you, but so I don't want that to, you know, to to um, stop you from picking up the book. But if I've got lots of people contributing in the book and lots of other ideas in addition to my own, then that to me brings a, a bigger uh, a bigger draw and a greater chance that people will pick up the book because it contains such a diverse array of ideas, all focused around the same topic. Though. Great point. You know, a lot of my clients and prospects say, you know, how will my book be different? There are thousands of books, hundreds of books on my topic. How can I make it stand out? And I think you just answered that question by interviewing people and lots of, having lots of points of view and lots of social proof to back up your ideas as well. How do you decide, you've written two books, how do you decide when to write a new book and what it should be about? What tips you off that there's a need in the marketplace for a new book? That's, you know, I think it's a good point. So I, to me, I don't, I've never based it on a need. Although that said, I mean, when, when you, I just enjoy the idea of getting books out there, publishing new content, as I mentioned. So, and I think my own experiences, I mean, I'm a unique individual from the standpoint of, you know, you and I, Dan, probably have some similarities and we probably have some differences. So if I take my own experiences that, you know, in the client work that I've done, um, you know, that, 
that allows me to bring a different perspective to the market. So although there might already be a book written that is on the same, the same topic and maybe it just re- is releasing a month before mine, my book will still be unique in the standpoint of it's my own examples and my own perspective on that topic. So I don't look for a need in the market. I use it as a way, as I said at the start of this, to do a couple of things. Number one, build credibility for the work that I do with my clients uh, from a consulting standpoint and allow me to capture case studies and, and such that I can share. And number two, it's credibility from a speaking standpoint. If you've written the book, you've obviously been around and had some experiences and you know, speaking a lot of times is sharing some of the examples and, and stories that you would have in your book. So, Great answer. Um, so tell us, what is your new book about? The new book is, is uh, and again, I'll, I'll tell you, it, I'll give it to you in this manner. So my first book was all about how to, to structure a business such that it operated in a way to be sustainable and profitable, which sounds super boring, but it's a good book. <laughs> the second <laughs> book was, was um, really, in the first book was called Operational Empowerment. So the, we ended up using the working title. Now, again, I learned along the way that a title is the, probably one of the most important pieces of your book. So the second book, the title I think was awesome, and it, it, uh, Career Press actually came up with it. It was The Unstoppable Organization. And what I did in that book is I, I really was trying to make the connection between having you know, a, a team of people in a business and being able to grow and scale that business. You know, I had worked for years doing leadership work and engagement, but the, the question I always got is, well, why should I invest in engagement? What's the outcome? Well, an engaged group of people are productive and happy and will help you grow your business, right? If you don't have a good team, you can't grow the business. And so I used interviews from all sorts of highly successful business owners in order to, uh, to support that book. This book is kind of based on the times in my own business, a lot of the work I've done has shifted to virtual. And it was prior to our current situation. Um, and a lot of the, the businesses and, and companies and entrepreneurs and business owners I've worked with, I've helped them do that same shift. You know, they, they started coming to me saying, wow, you've got these blogs and I reached out to you, Sean, and I hired you before I even met you. How did you do that? Right? I want to do that with my customers. I don't want to travel and go see them. So really the idea struck me that, you know, they, a lot of businesses are trying to move online and do things more virtually, whether that be serve their customers or just sell to their customers. And I have the knowledge and expertise to do that because I do that, number one. And number two, I've helped businesses take the very same strategies that I've employed and use them in their own business. I know they work in service businesses. I know they work in, in, um, in product-based businesses. I know they work in B2C and B2B. So the book is really uh, the working title is, is how to you know, make that shift to selling and servicing your customers virtually. Um, and it contains interviews from all sorts of entrepreneurs um, and business owners who have made that shift. Some of them have just taken a portion of their business and moved it online. Uh, I interviewed a gentleman, I don't want to ruin the book, but I interviewed a gentleman last week that his business is entirely online and they sell six-figure contracts before they ever meet anybody. Um, so it, and it's really sharing the insights and ideas that if you're a business owner or entrepreneur and you want to move to an online business, uh, or whether that be start or just shift, um, you know, what are the things you should be considering in order to make that shift happen? Well, you certainly have uh, come about this at the right time. Congratulations. Yeah, well, let's see if I can get it to market fast enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so let's, uh, let's look at the whole interview process. Do you find it's easy or hard to find people to interview? Uh, what do you say to people to get them to devote, to, uh, to vote, to vote time to talk to? And how much time do you, do you usually spend talking to people for an interview? 
Um, you know, interviews similar to your, your podcast are typically 15, 20 minutes. I'm not looking to go into 32 questions. I've just got a few questions I ask them around the topic because, again, everybody has their own experiences. So by asking the same question of different people that I've selected personally, you get a, 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 a diverse array of responses that support the content of the book that I've put together. Um, as far as, you know, the... So that's the timing, the the approach to the questions. Uh, you know, what I found is a lot of people, if you reach out, I mean, I'm online. If you Google me, you'll find all sorts of stuff that, you know, Mike, the content I've produced, I've written for Fast Company, Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur, blah, blah, blah. So, um, you know, I'm credible. If you look me up, if you've never heard of me, and I have reached out to some people cold, but I've also built a network of people I know over the years that are business owners that, you know, are doing this, have done this, or at least have done this to some extent. And I try and be helpful as much as I can to people if they need help. And so I find when, when I reach out the same, but if it's cold, if I'm reaching out to somebody I don't know, which I've done and interviewed folks in that regard, it's got to be relevant. So I don't say, you know, I don't cut and paste some form letter. Um, you know, I, I take a look at the person and I, got, I think through why am I reaching out to this person? What do I think they have to offer? And I make sure I know a little bit about them before I reach out. And, you know, so I, I would reach out if I didn't know you, Dan, and I do, but I would say, hey, Dan, you know, I noticed you're doing a lot of work in the areas of, of uh, helping people with their books. I think you'd be a great uh, guest for, you know, or an interview for my, my upcoming book. Here's, you know, quickly, very quickly, kind of one sentence, what the book's about. And if you're interested, let me know, and I'll, I'll forward some dates to you. So, I mean, it, it's really that simple. I mean, at the end of the day, what's the worst you could say is no. So I'm going to go to enough people that if I assume that half of them say no, I've still got enough people. Um, but it really is thinking through the people that have the experiences uh, that, that you want to contain in your book. And, uh, you know, reaching out in that manner, it's pretty straightforward. And, and my experience has been most people will take you up in the offer. And, and that helps form a relationship that, you know, who knows where that will go down the road, other collaborations together. Yeah, fantastic. I, I've interviewed other people who will who've answered this question a little bit differently. And maybe this, if I delve deeper, you might say the same thing. But uh, they, they, they say, who do I want to be a client and they'll interview that person or they'll say, who, who do I think will buy 10,000 copies of my book or will hire me to speak? And they'll interview them for the book as sort of an ego thing. And granted, they do have information to share, but they're very strategic in marketing um, and selecting the people they want to speak to because they have a marketing uh, upside as well. So, Well, I think you know, so, here's, so that, that's never been my approach, I'll be honest mm -hmm. with you, but, but – here is my approach. When I'm going out to select those people, I'm looking for people that themselves have the experiences to support the book. However, I'm also looking at people that I think would be willing to share this book and maybe that the people that they work for are people that might enjoy me. So it's, it's no different than this podcast. You, you would do a podcast and interview people to expose yourself to that person's audience. It's no different in a book. So that doesn't mean I'm trying to steal somebody's, you know, uh, uh, clients or audience, but if they're part of the book and I think they're going to share this book when it comes, you know, goes live, if you will, it, it's published, um, and they expose their, their network to this book, and some of those people decide to follow me and sign up for my weekly newsletter and they like my ideas, that's all the better. So, I mean, there, there is always got to be that idea you know, you've got to be thinking forward about, okay, where do, where do I need to go with this book and how am I going to get it there? I, I've never really, I mean, you know, for me, for example, I do a lot of uh, speaking for not-for-profits and others. And so, you know, are they going to 
be able to contribute to the book in the way I want? Mm, maybe some of them, but I more think about who can I, who do I want to collaborate with that maybe we can build a relationship here that will lead to bigger and better things. That has the experience that I'm looking for that can contribute to this book. Exactly. A rising tide lifts all boats, and it's a win-win, and uh, we, we all benefit. So fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that's a great stopping off point. Why don't you tell us a little bit uh, more about how people can get in touch with you and who your ideal client is? Sure. So um, they can check me out if they want on my uh, website. Uh, so it's called the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Network. As I said, it's a build on my uh, Unstoppable Organization book. Uh, you can check out the uh, my website at www.theuenetwork.com. And on there, you'll find my podcast. I don't interview people. I kind of ramble on with learnings and lessons in being an entrepreneur um, in hopes to help others. Um, there's you know all sorts of content there and then what I also do is I um, periodically deliver webinars to folks to, to try and help them make this shift to virtual and scale their business as I said that's kind of the premise of the book and that's most of the work that I'm doing today um, so you can always you'll find that on the website and you can always sign up for that it's free if anybody wants to attend and the other side as I mentioned I speak all around the topics of customer experience, sales, and leadership, because again, they all kind of meld together. If you really want to grow a business, those are the three uh, pillars in my mind that you need to tackle in order to, to grow that business. So those are the topics that I speak on. And that's on my own personal website, which is uh, seancasemorespeaks.com. You'll see videos and all sorts of talks there as well. Fantastic. Thank you, Sean. And thanks, everyone, for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.